Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt back here with Mike Kay for the latest episode of the No Huddle Show after a month-long hiatus where our schedule just never lined up. We all, we happened to be on vacation at the other time where the other guy wasn't. It really, I don't even think it would have been possible for us to do a podcast, honestly. Yeah. I it, know we, we, our problems are so hard. but <laughs> <laughs> You know, life happens, man. Life does happen. The highs and the lows. You know, you said it was a hiatus. At times, it was a low hiatus, oh, if boy. we can be honest. And Mike's but, back. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'm coming at you strong. Um, really, there wasn't a lot of news to no, no, talk about. It's crazy. It wants the Carson Wentz contract signed. That's kind of the last big thing. And knock on wood, there was no like arrest or like there wasn't even like a how, oh, there wasn't even like a random Howie Roseman transaction. Oh, Zach, uh, you just jinxed <laughs> us. I knocked on wood. We're good. Oh man, We're I good. don't. I don't know how good of wood this is, but this. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> but. The point being, well, it hasn't happened in the last month, at least. Like, now we're, we're ready. We're prepared for it, at least, you know? <laughs> we didn't have to do any emergency podcasts. Which, yeah. you know, we were prepared to do that if, like, we really had to. But we didn't have to. Like, it was a nice, quiet summer for the Eagles. Yeah. It's and, weird. And uh, I originally thought, just based on Howie's reputation, that there'd be, there had been more action in previous Julys. I was going to do an article on that. Not really. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he takes his break because he goes full throttle 11 yeah. months out of the year. So I mean, August is the time where he has done trade. Mm-hmm. Like he's traded for Ronald Darby in August. Uh, they signed Corey Graham in August that first year and last year, but that, that was because he was like, I'm going to retire. And they're like, no, we need you to play every snap. <laughs> well, <laughs> but anyway, he, the point he, being, yeah, don't they'll make a move or two in August. Like, that happens. Well, and he and his scouts pay a lot of attention to the preseason. And, and the waiver wire and all that. Yeah, yeah like... I mean, they got DeAndre Carter right before training camp last year. They signed, like, Marcus Wheaton, Kamar Aiken. Like, that, they'll... Well, and we'll talk about this a little bit later because we don't need to go too deep. But they, so Tyreek Burwell retired, which is a major loss for the practice squad. Uh, How he retired, they and they released Devin Ross. And a lot of you were like, who? Hey, you <laughs> know he what? released a non-football injury, so something happened off the field. <laughs> but they have two open roster spots. I'm sure they'll fill them before they report on a week from tomorrow, on Wednesday. Uh, the 24th. Yeah, if you look at last July, on the 25th, they signed Kamar Aiken, and then they signed DeAndre Carter on the 28th. So those were like their their notable July signings from last year. But, you know, I think when you look at Howie's work rate, like you said, August is where everything kind of picks up. Remember he traded David Flewellen for Cody Parkey after the pre... Like, there's stuff like that where he'll make a lot of moves in the preseason. Well, it's like guys that will probably get cut by both teams that they swap kind of thing. Like those right. are the kind of, I mean, that's around the league, but Howie does a few of those. Howie's like the master of getting value out of that. I think that's... They always tend to find like a guy who becomes, even if he's not a major contributor, like a, a part of the team, like special teams or something at this time of the year. Yeah, and I think... You know, the other thing that, that kind of was brought to our attention is the Madden ratings. Yeah, yeah. People are riled up. <laughs> yeah, man. Every year. It's, it's, I feel like they get more, people care more and more as I feel like people in general are playing the game less and less. Because I, I used to play Madden all the time, and I, I kind of stopped a few years ago. I just don't enjoy it as much as I used to. Probably because I don't live with my brothers and stuff anymore, or I don't have roommates. Cause I, I just don't have time. Yeah, and time. But it's just like, yeah, it's... The game, I, I don't I don't find it. We're not going to... 
I mean, it's the same game every year. But the point being, so the Eagles, I believe, had the highest rated roster in the league on Madden. Which which is crazy to me because some of these ratings were like I know, some of the guys were low, but they also had probably the most 90 ranked guys because they had like Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, Zach Ertz, um, also Lane Johnson. There's a few. Yeah, I'm not sure what uh, Brandon Brooks was. He was pretty high. They had a lot of guys who were like high 80s, 90s, which, I mean, I, I mean, they. They've had this elite talent at the top level. All, all those guys you just listed have been on the team for a while, which is crazy to think about. But the, some some of the weirder rating ones, what Carson Wentz was 82. I, I think they changed the rating system or something because he was like on par with some guys that he maybe should be, I guess. But uh, that seemed a little low. Uh, I, know, I know Nate Sudfeld hasn't proven anything, but he was like 57 or something like that, yeah, which is like, a little what insane. Was that? Um, and Andre Dillard's at 70, where Josh Perkins and Will Ty are ranked better than him. Well, Will <laughs> I know Ty, he's a rookie, but like, come on. There's like a like a who's who behind Will Ty. Like Isaac Sayamalu's behind Will Ty. Rasul Douglas. Really, like, whoever made that game is like in the Ty family. Yeah, it's the rumor really, I heard. They, they went to Stony Brook <laughs> with the kid or something. I don't know, but um, yeah, I thought that was weird. Um, the most egregious. Of the ratings, in my opinion, was Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard was the thirty uh, something. It was like thirty sixth. Yeah. Yeah, he was the thirty sixth. And he's the most. He's, one, he's the third most productive running back in the NFL the last three years. Like whatever you think of him, that's even production crazy, aside, yeah. he's a better blocker. I mean, his production is like t- he was ranked behind uh, Frank Gore, Jarek McKinnon. And Dion Lewis, who guys who been, are either grandpas or didn't play last year, <laughs> he's been exponentially more productive. So I, I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, huh? I mean, the, this, the Sudfeld thing's weird, and we'll get into they probably Sudfeld. don't know who he is, is what? I yeah, think. we'll get into Sudfeld a little bit more later in yeah, the show, yeah. but egregious. <laughs> All right, enough Madden talk. I know you guys came here for our video game reviews, but yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna for this episode and our next one, we're gonna do a little training camp preview. We're going to do offense and defense. We're going to start with offense today. We kind of broke it down into categories, questions, concerns, and comments. And I'm going to ask Mike a question. We're going to go over some of our concerns or a concern with that position, and then anything else, the floor is yours for comment. Got it? Sweet. You attention? See, I get the best job because I get to hear myself talk and, and give anal- analysis, and then I don't have to think of questions. It's great. <laughs> I like I, This relationship works. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start with quarterback position. Some might say it's the most important position in sports. You ever heard that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll do – I'm not going to do, like, the obvious can Carson Wentz stay healthy because that's not an answerable question. My question would be has Carson – and this kind of almost ties into the Madden thing. Um, has Carson Wentz almost become underrated at this point? I think he's been overlooked. I overlooked, don't think, that's probably the right way Yeah, I don't, I don't There are still analysts who are like, he's the MVP this year. But I, I still see a lot where it's like, eh, he's like the 15th best quarterback. Like, he, he, he's not a top five quarterback, and you can't say he's top five now. I get that. But you also can't say he's the 15th. He's in between there. Yeah, I, I think analysts overthink the injury issue. Yes. Especially from, like, the outside. Like, if you're out, it's what it do with skills. I mean, it's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league. That's yes. fair. I, I even wrote in my Madden, you know, crazy rating thing that I thought the 82 rating was somewhat valid. Who he was behind was yeah, not it, what was Relative valid. to the other guys, it wasn't. It wasn't right, problem, exactly. Yeah. Like, he like was, Matt Ryan was 89, and I don't think Matt Ryan is six rating points better than Carson Wentz. Right. I, I think, like, so my big qualms with, with the rating system were he was behind Ben Roethlisberger and Deshaun Watson, and I just thought, why? Or, no, Cam Newton. Cam Newton. He was behind Cam Newton. Cam Newton's been... Equally injurious. They should be on the same level. Yeah. Right, right. I think those three guys are on the same level. I think they're all tw- top 12 quarterbacks. And like Marcus Mariota's right behind them, which, no. Yeah, um, as much as some Philadelphia Eagles fans <laughs> yeah, from right. the Chip Kelly era. Still He's one of, the, on. one of the, the once and future Eagles franchise. But to answer your question... I think he's been overlooked. He hasn't been underrated, but overlooked is is an issue. And I actually think it's something that plays into, you know, I'm not a bulletin board guy. I don't think that that has a lot to do with what happens in the Eagles locker room. But I do think if if other teams in the league share the same outlook that a lot of outside uh, analysts, you know, have, teams are going to be in trouble because this is. I mean, Carson looked good. He looked like himself. Last year, he didn't look like himself. And he still had good numbers. numbers. So, um, you know, yeah, is there pressure on him to succeed because he's got all these great weapons around him? Blah, 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 blah. 
Carson's being overlooked, and that's a problem for the league because if he's playing at the level that he did in 2017, he's gonna. This team's gonna be very, very good. One one of the annoying parts about the Carson Wentz discussion is how quickly it's like he has to prove he can stay healthy. No, you don't prove you can stay healthy. You just your body does decides whether you're gonna stay healthy or not. Right. If he's if he's staying in shape and he's treating his body right, which by all indications he's really committed to like the Tom Brady style diet and workout and all that stuff, then I don't think you wor- you don't worry about the health until something happens. You don't worry about it beforehand. Is he too thin though? Like that like that's know. something that I've I've interesting question. That's what what I've noticed. I mean because if he's gonna be that thin, can he take those hits? Will he will he be the runner he was in twenty seventeen or will he be hesitant like he was last year? Right. That's my one concern because we haven't seen him go against pads. I mean he can't get hit in practice anyway, yeah. you won't know until the preseason. Um but he looks he I mean he looks fluid in the pocket like he's he's got his mobility back there's there's no question about that it's it's a matter of if he's got a guy that's had durability concerns and he's losing weight is he losing the bulk that could maybe protect him if he's taking those hits there's no way for either one of us to yeah, that's the thing we're, we're just like saying like okay maybe that could but be i think that's point. a fair question to yeah. ask yeah we, and we haven't seen him in a month either to be fair yeah. uh all right well we kind of t- you're talking to touch a little on concern but Concern that comes to mind right away is is Nate Sudfeld ready when called upon? And as we stand here right now, I don't think so. And he has to show quite a bit in the preseason for me to think he's ready. I think, again, I'm not someone who's concerned about the injuries with Carson Wentz, but I am concerned about in a hypothetical scenario where Carson Wentz goes down and you're relying on Sudfeld to take take on the the offense. I know they have a lot around him. They have a good offensive line. They should have a better running game. But as it sits here right now. It's problematic where they stand with the backup quarterback well, position. Well, I, I think there's an A and B to your, your question. Not to, to you know copy edit your question, but <laughs> there's A, is he ready to fill a Nick Foles-style role as a backup? And B, are you comfortable knowing like you have a run-of-the-mill backup, which probably 25 of the 32 yeah. teams have. You know what the I mean? Eagles are spoiled, for sure. Right, the Eagles have been spoiled the last two years. I think if you said, is he ready to step into a Nick Foles type role where you feel like if no. Carson Wentz went down for the season, you're he still going to lead you playoff. to a Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, in fairness, in 2017, a lot of people thought the season was over when, when Nick Foles. Well, Nick Foles out. at least had been a starting quarterback, had success, all that stuff. Like you knew who Nick Foles was. Right, least. right. Could he win a few games? I don't know about that with Nate yeah, Sudfeld. Now, if you said, like, I mean, last year, for a couple of years, Matt Stafford's backup with, was Kellen uh, Moore. Or like Peyton Manning was Jim Sorge or whatever. Right, yeah. right. So, like, yeah. again, I mean, Curtis Painter, too. I mean, it's, like, not, it's not a problem if your quarterback just stays healthy, which most quarterbacks do. Right. So, what I would say is, I think it's like a weird scale because, you know, you look at Nick, the situation Nick Foles is going to. His backup's Gardner Minshew. Like, I mean, again... Who's not Nick Foles? <laughs> right. Again, cool development quarterback. Awesome. The city of Jacksonville loves him. But, again, he you haven't really seen him do anything. And I think with Nate, he's been up and down in the preseason. As much as people, you know, gush over his, some of his preseason throws, he also threw quite a few interceptions. Yeah. Like, he wasn't perfect. Um the touchdown that he has thrown in the regular season was pretty much all Nelson Aguilar. And it didn't matter either. Right. He did play in a game against the Cowboys starters and didn't leave any score lead any scoring drives. It was just short passes all game, yeah. Right. So again, like can he play in the NFL? Sure. Can he win in the NFL? That's another question. Um, you know, Nick Foles, to me, what was more impressive by him is what he did last year as opposed to the I mean the Super Bowl year was impre- don't I'm not don't get that twisted but he literally came in and saved that season last year and I don't think Nate Sudfeld if he's entering in at a 6 and 7 standpoint if this team has a shot of going 9 and 7 you know what I mean yeah so again I, I, yeah is there a concern sure but the Eagles have also been, I mean most teams if they lose Matt Stafford if they lose was, Cam Newton if they you're lose in trouble anyway you, you, right exactly yeah, I mean, the reality is, in a perfect world, you never, the quarterback and quarterback only sees the field in a blowout. Like, right. Which is what it would have been in 2017 if Wentz didn't tear his ACL on a freak thing. Um, you got any last comments about the I think we covered, I mean, unless you want to talk about Clayton Thorson. Yeah, I do want to talk about Clayton Thorson. All right, what do you got? Um, so, I think his 
his off-season program performance was a little polarizing. I saw people that said, oh, well, he showed flashes. Or I saw people that said that he was just terrible. I was more on the second hand. Yeah. yeah I, I think we, this was a rough, rough introduction to the NFL. Yeah. He, he seemed to process things slowly. Every single time his first read wasn't first or second read wasn't there, he wanted to run with the ball. Like, that's not uncommon for a backup quarterback who doesn't get it a is, lot of reps. Yeah, and in his first two right. weeks in the NFL, yeah. But... If you think Nate Sudfeld, like, unless they bring in someone, there is absolutely no way Nate Sudfeld is not the number two quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a concern to me because you're essentially not challenging Nate Sudfeld. If you're hoping that Cody Kessler and Nate and Clayton Thorson can push him, you're wrong. Um, there's things that I like about Cody Kessler's game, but he has just not looked the part. And maybe that's coming in late. I don't know. Um, but he is the longest of long shots now that Devin Ross is not on the on the roster. Uh, and Clayton Thorson, he's going to have to prove himself. You know, they seem to have drafted him to be the heir apparent for Nate Sudfeld, the, the backup of the long-term future. He needs to show it. Like, I mean, he needs to show it in the preseason. This is a guy who has a lot of college experience. Granted, the NFL is significantly different than college. But they drafted him for his intangibles. His size, his strength, his arm strength, and his, you know, background. They... Didn't like he's not like a high potential guy. Like that's not what he is. He's a guy that can come in and do the job. And I think you've got to see him be able to respond immediately and show that maturity on the field. It's great if he has the maturity in the locker room and in the film room. Doesn't matter if it's not on the field. If he's bad in the preseason, it's gonna pretty much dictate whether he's with the Eagles beyond this season, even if he makes it through this season with them. Yeah, like, I if mean, he's really bad in the preseason, like if, if he looks like he did in practice in games they're gonna have to consider cutting him yeah i think he's i think he's a pumphrey guy right pumphrey was a guy that they drafted to be the heir apparent to darren sproles wanted to see some stuff from him he got put on ir um which i think is a good possibility for thorson if he has a boo-boo uh and then the next year you know he was gone pretty much i mean they brought him back on the practice squad later on but i mean that's he's the quarterback version of pumphrey to me which isn't a ringing endorsement. No, not really. <laughs> All right, let's go to running back, which is it's one of the more interesting. I mean, they, they had a pretty interesting one going into 2017, too, but this is a younger group. Um, the question I have is, uh, are people being a little overzealous with expectations for Miles Sanders? I've seen a lot of people say he... I've, I think even just based on like fan, fan, which don't matter, fantasy football ranks and have him have like clearly ahead of Jordan Howard, which I think is crazy. To me. Yeah, I think nationally, it, they, yes, they're extremely. Well, it seems like low, I still think it's it, until he actually steps. You can't just like assume he's going to be the number one running back by the end of the year until we actually see him on the field. I mean, I've gotten into Twitter arguments. A little bit. I can speak. Uh, I've <laughs> can gotten you? into Twitter arguments. Yeah, I can't read though. Uh, <laughs> I've gotten into Twitter arguments with. Um, with fantasy football people, I'm like, I'm there. I see what's going yeah, on. Yeah. Like, I listen. He, he didn't I, practice at all during minicamp or OTAs, by the way. Well, and it wasn't. Yeah, and it wasn't even that. Like Deuce, and historically they, under Doug Peterson, yeah, they've, there's no running back one. Right. They've used a rotation. That said, your early down guy is going to be Jordan Hemp. Yes. Um, for one, Miles Sanders, as good as he was in, in that one year in college, not a proficient blocker, not a proficient receiver. I was really surprised by how good, cleanly Jordan Howard caught the ball in, in, during the offseason program. Is he a dependable receiver yet? Absolutely not. Corey Clement will be that guy if he's healthy. But I don't think that Miles Sanders, like, everybody's talking about Miles Sanders getting like eight or 900 yards. You know, the rookie record is like 650 yards by LaShawn McCoy, right? Oh, you mean with the Eagles? Yeah, know? yeah, for, for rushing. I just don't see how... Josh Adams led the team with 500 last year. Right. Like, (laughs) I I don't think there's going to be a situation where there's a 1,000-yard rusher on this team. And I also don't think Miles Sanders is going to be a guy who's getting regular dominant touches until the second half of the season at best. Yeah. I I don't know. I just just think he's a guy that, again, he didn't practice at all during the minicamp, which Deuce even said is a big deal. Uh, just like getting acclimated to the offense. Um, he only was a starter for one season at Penn State. And I just think rookie running backs, while there have been some cases recently of guys coming in and like just blowing the top off, I, I just don't see it in the, on this team that he's – I don't – maybe if Jordan Howard gets hurt, he steps in. But I think I still think Corey Clement might even be the one they turn to first, depending on when it would happen, I guess. Well, and – 
I don't think they really need him to be that no, guy. No, they, they don't. They don't. That's like the thing. Like, like the, I'm just saying the expectation of him being that guy, if not, maybe not even in year two, I think that's still a little overzealous. And this team really likes Corey Clement, like a lot. And so, like you said, I think he'd be the first guy they turn to, especially in the first half of the season if something happened to Jordan Howard. But also, let's remember, Jordan Howard's extremely durable, too. So, I mean... You want to start off on the right foot. You want to get Carson in a rhythm. You want to do all these things. So you're going to want to put your right foot forward. And Jordan Howard's a guy who's proven. And I think that's how you have to look at it in those first eight games. So my concern I have um, going into training camp is that they don't have a proven pass-catching running back as of right now. I think Clement's shown flashes, obviously, in the Super Bowl. But even if you just look at his career numbers, he only has 32 career catches. He only averaged less than 10 yards per catch. Uh, last year, he got a decent amount of catches when he did play. Still only two per game. Uh, they don't have Sproles around anymore. Boston Scott seems to be a guy they like. If, if you're actually playing Boston Scott, I think that's probably an issue. So that would be. I, I think Clement has the potential to be that guy. But as it sits here right now, they don't have a proven pass catcher on their roster at running back. So let's get into some good radio. I completely disagree with you. I think Clement is a proven. Like, yeah, he's not, not the, done it over the course of a season. He did it in one game. No, I mean he had that incredible. The probably the. Having a, having a couple highlight catches doesn't make you a proven pass catcher. But I mean, he he's he's never been a, the dominant pass catching running back out of out of a rotation. Right, but he's also played like like what, including the playoffs, like twenty five games, like twenty seven games. Okay, so twenty seven games. Oh, including I mean, the playoffs, it's 30, 30 games. Okay, so he's played thirty games. I mean, and I think had, and he's he, had one breakout pass catching performance in the I mean, Super Bowl. Pretty important. I understand that doesn't make him a proven guy, though. But I mean, it, as he's, far as, it, but, it, but he's shown a, talent, but he hasn't proven that he can be the the dominant pass. But it's catcher. the it's the I mean, it's the Nick Foles, Nate Sudfeld thing. Like compared to the rest of the league, like a lot of running backs don't catch a ton of passes. It's not like a, especially from a rotational standpoint. If he's rotating in, he also had a terrible year last year. So well, exactly. <laughs> But, but it was also injury plagued, plagued. So, I I would say by NFL standards, he is a proven receiving threat. Is he a dominant receiving threat? No. I don't. I, don't, I guess we disagree with something. Yeah, That's good. There you go. I mean, yeah. hey, our boss is always telling us to disagree more. So, <laughs> I think Clement is your your receiving guy of the backfield, or at least your top receiving guy of the backfield. That's fair. You got any other concerns? So. My concern is more, are they going to trust Miles Sanders to be in there on third down? Because if they're not, that's a big issue. Yeah. One, he's he's not a proven wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, out of the backfield. No, they want him to be that, I think. But Yeah, a proven receiver, I should say. He wouldn't be a wide receiver anyway. Um, <laughs> well, he's not a proven wide receiver. Either. And he's not a proven blocker. And nope. so you wonder where... He's going to really be in the game because yeah, when do because you, you want Jordan Howard in on the short yardage stuff and and early downs and early downs and in the red zone and so it's like what so is how many, Miles? How many how many snaps are left over? Yeah, are you just using him in between the twenties? Like what what's your role for him? And I think you only as a running back running back the running back position I think is really unique and I've talked to a lot of running backs about this. You have to find a rhythm. You have to find like you have to get consistent touches, and I think part of the reason why Josh Adams had that run of really good games is because he was learning by doing, and so Miles Sanders is behind a guy like Jordan Howard who can get the job done. How much do you weigh development versus immediate success and all that stuff? So I'm interested to see how Deuce handles that because I think Miles Sanders is the biggest assignment he's had in his career it's the first time he's getting a chance to like develop a guy from the beginning that they like have plans for because i don't for know sure. if josh adams they ever intended him to be what he was right or Corey clement yeah what so that ties into my comment before we end on running backs is uh i i get i mean we don't know how he's gonna look at training camp but i, I get the feeling that josh adams is gonna be an odd man out yeah. by the end of training camp and I think that's the wrong decision I know you might have been both been talking about how we're higher on Josh Adams and it seems like the team even is uh, I know he's like a weird player considering he's like a big running back but he doesn't like play like a like a goal line back like you'd mm-hmm. expect he, but he's like really athletic and he gets big he got more big plays than any running back they had last year and he got him at the level of like a LeGarrette Blunt from the year before they, they don't really have like a, a big play guy out of this group mm-hmm 
which I, I know Clement can get like those long passes that are amazing, but in terms of running the ball, I don't really. Uh, Josh Adams is that guy. Wendell Smallwood has proven time and time again he's he can get you a few yards, he can get a few catches. He's pretty blah, but they're never going to get rid of him because they love him so much. And Boston Scott, again, if he's playing, then you're probably in trouble. And Donald Pumphrey's not making the team. But I, I just think Josh Adams, they should they should invest in developing him as a potential pairing with Miles Sanders down the line. I, I don't know if he'll get claimed if they cut him. Maybe they can keep him around on the practice squad because of his injury issues. But I don't know. It just seems weird to me that they've like moved on from him already. It seems like. Well, so a couple of things. So the uphill battle for him is the intangibles of the other two guys, right? Um, Boston Scott can be a returner. Um, Wendell Smallwood has played a lot of special teams. He can catch the ball when asked. Uh, he's not that great of a blocker, but Josh Adams isn't either. No. And Josh Adams is coming off of shoulder surgery. So it's partially why he's kind of been in, on, on the back burner a little bit. There are a lot of people that were frustrated by his short yardage ability. There are running backs that are not good in short yardage. Yeah, I mean, just, well, the Eagles kept giving it to him, and the situation is clearly not his skill set. I don't well, think that's his fault. And that's also part of the reason why I'm concerned about their usage of Miles Sanders. Because yeah. if Miles Sanders is in the game, you know he's probably running the ball. Yeah. You know what I mean? As early on in his career. Um, like, maybe they throw it to him every now and then, but when you, Josh Adams was in the game, you knew it was going to Josh Adams because he couldn't block. And he wasn't a pass catcher either. Right, so that's a concern. Um, he just needs to show development. I mean, yeah, I, I think right. talent-wise, I think he's better than... Yeah, that, that's my thing. It's just, like, develop the talent. Don't just, they, they tend to, like, give up on these guys. Not the Eagles. I'm saying the, in general. It seems like teams give up on guys too quickly. He does seem like to be... Like the top candidate for a player for player trade, I think on this roster, yeah, right? He'd be appealing to somebody. The Jets, who knows? Yeah, I mean, yeah, because I do think he was a fine. I mean, granted, he was one of the bigger name, you know, undrafted free agents at the time, but I, I think he's a guy that does have potential. He can play in the league. I, I agree with you. I think it, it's a little unfortunate that he's received so much, you know negative fanfare and a lot of you know pessimism during this offseason but he's a guy that I think can play and if he has a good preseason performance you have to keep him over Wendell because when you know what Wendell is Josh Adams is still developing yeah. you've had three there's still like a ceiling that can be reached whereas a small one has reached the ceiling I, the whole West Virginia group is <laughs> perplexing to me but anyway well, it might start dwindling over the next year or two I'd yeah say. I would say yeah um all right, we can move on to receiver, which is an interesting group. Um, question I have is, do you think it's realistic to think that J.J. Arcega-Whiteside can overtake Aguilar's role by the end of the season? Or at least like his place in the pecking order, I should say, because he won't be a slot receiver probably. But Yeah, I, I mean, I think he can play I, in the slot. I, I look at how little it seemed they were confident in Aguilar last year based on the way they traded for Tate and then kind of shelved him. And his role just like went downhill, and then they added Arcega Whiteside, they added Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders. They had Dallas Goddard's going to play more. Like I just don't see how Nelson Aguilar gets touches this year. Like I just don't see it. I know maybe the quarterbacks like him more than the coaches do. Who knows? I mean, he was really he was a big part of that Super Bowl run. I, I just don't I just don't see how he fits into this. Like they're going to go twelve personnel a lot. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's like a weird spot for him. He's obviously making good money this year, which is great for him. But he's going to be a free agent after this year. And if he doesn't put up the numbers, then he's not going to get the kind of money he's looking for. I'm surprised they didn't trade him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they the, still can, of course. They can. They traded Jordan Matthews in August, remember? Yeah. But now he's, you know, now he's coming off the, an offseason program injury. Um Look, I think JJ was a guy that they needed to figure out before they traded Nelson, if I'm them internally. Yeah, they I want think to see if he's ready kind of thing, kind of like how with Carson Wentz's rookie year. I I could I could see Nelson getting traded, but if you're going to trade Nelson, you got to put him in bubble wrap for the preseason. You can't really Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if they, if they don't play him in preseason, maybe that'll be a point to something. I agree with you completely that Golden Tate was a slight against him. Yeah, I think um, it, pretty clearly. If you just look at the way the snaps went after that. $9.4 is a lot, but then you're also thinking, like, do you really need it during the season? It's not like you're going to sign anybody for yeah. like a big deal. Um, that said, though, his role could be very minimal, and you've got to figure out what you want to do with J.J., who in my opinion, is a long-term heir apparent to, Nelson, to Alshon, Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah. So 
yeah, I think he could realistically bite into his snaps and his playing time, which, again, you know, isn't a bad problem to have, especially when he's going to replace him anyway, probably long-term as the number three or number one even wide receiver. Um, yeah, I mean, I think nothing gets traded by the trade deadline. I, th- I think you have to get something for him now. It's great to get p- compensatory picks, but I don't know how much of a compensatory pick you're going to get for him if he if his role is so... And that's the thing. Like, the fact that they're keeping him here is going to make his role lesser to the point where he's not going to get you a fourth-round pick. And he's a guy, too, if, if you have a major... Maybe he's, like, the card up their sleeve if they have a major injury yeah. and they can player swap him for, you know, a, an offensive tackle. Are you saying if another team has a major injury, you're saying? No, 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 no. Oh, no. you're saying, I'm, like, if a tackle got hurt on the Eagles. Yeah. Right, like, let's see... Here, let me throw Jason Kelsey got hurt. <laughs> yeah, let's throw. Uh, you no, know, that's a good yeah, one. So J- yeah, Jason Kelsey got hurt. Team has two really good centers. You trade Alshon and, or sorry, Alshon. <laughs> you trade Alshon for a you, center. You trade Nelson. <laughs> you heard it here first. Mike wants to trade Alshon for a backup center. You yes. trade Nelson for a fifth round pick in a in a backup center. I, I you know, something like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, but again, yeah, it's a very awkward situation that I think they have ruined. Yeah, I don't really have. Crazy, I mean, a concern would be if Aguilar's okay with having less a role or if he takes that public. I don't think he would. Uh, but, I mean, the one you could say is that their top two receivers are pretty injury-prone in their careers, Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson. Mm-hmm. Alshon missed three games last year. He played all of the year before, obviously, with the torn shoulder, and then his career with the Bears was littered with injuries. Deshaun hasn't played a full year, I forget, since, like, 2014 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um so if, like, both of them get hurt, who's stepping in? Who's stepping in for Deshaun? Then, again, they don't have the speed guy again, and, well, that would be my concern. But I, I, this is maybe the best receiver group in the NFL, or at least one of them. Yeah, I mean, that, that is the concern because it's your offense completely changes, yeah. right? So um, it was just like when they lost J.H.I., their offense changed. When they lost Aaron Sproles a couple of years ago, their offense somewhat changed. Um, and that's why Nelson's important. I, I agree with you, I think. There is a concern with that injury history, and Nelson's proven that he's got dependable hands and can get the job done. So you've got to balance that out. But, yeah, I mean, none of these guys that are competing for the fifth job could replace any of these guys, like any of the four, really. Mm -hmm. They don't have a clear-cut backup slot receiver. They don't have a clear-cut burner. I mean, uh, Mark and Mitchell's interesting. Marco Michelle, I said, sorry. Yeah, it'll be a big uh, training camp for him to see if he can keep that. I mean, Charles Johnson's a guy they tried to, like, earmark for the first team offense when everybody was out. He was okay. Didn't really show that much, yeah. So, again, you know, Nelson's in such a weird spot. Like, if I were Nelson, I wouldn't want to be here because I know my role's going to be minimalized. Maybe he doesn't want to be here. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to... We're not going to put words in his mouth. I'm saying maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Like, he's yeah. not going to tell us that. Right, but like... like he, he's smart. He knows his role is not going to be what he wants it to be this year. Right, but then also, where is he going to go and be the number yeah, one Yeah, exactly. Wide like, where is he going to be that? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's very interesting to see how that all develops, especially during preseason and training camp. I'm also concerned, like, let's say Nelson or, or Deshaun suffers an injury in training camp. What do you do? Like... Yeah, it's the best, probably the top. It's does, how I the, make, does how I make a trade for a speed guy at that point? Like, right, and are you going to do that investment when you've invested in Deshaun and yeah. Alshon for the next uh, like couple you guys of years? You could try and buy low on like a John Ross or something like that, I guess. Right, yeah. I mean, now that's interesting to me, yeah. but yeah, he's swap, also... Swap, he, swap Aguilar for him? Yeah, well, <laughs> that'd be interesting. Yeah, there you go. Um, interesting guy over here. But <laughs> from a wide receiver perspective, like the guy that I'm most intrigued by is DeAndre Tompkins... But we haven't really seen anything from him yeah, yet. Yeah, you didn't really play that much. That's a, so I am intrigued by, like, the number five receiver battle. Because mm-hmm. uh, you have Matt Collins, who I mean, he's alive. We saw him alive and starting to get to back to practicing. Uh, yeah. They were high on him. So we'll see. I mean, they have Shelton Gibson still. They have Mark and Michelle. Uh, they have DeAndre Tompkins. They have Charles Johnson. Braxton Miller. He's probably not really in the mix. But those are like six guys competing for basically one, maybe two jobs if they kept six receivers, and they all have like different skill sets, which makes it like pretty interesting. And and I'm knowing how he'll probably add a veteran guy mm-hmm. in the next week or two, like he did last year. Who do you, who do you think, as it stands now, who do you think is the guy? Probably still Matt Collins. Yeah, I mean, I think that's. I think you have to lean that way until somebody takes the job from him. Pretty much, I don't think it's like he has an iron grip on it. And it was only minicamp, but if Michelle like plays like he did in minicamp, then he he's a legit like you have to think about him more. 
Yeah, I think he, DeAndre Tompkins, and and um, Charles Johnson, Charles Johnson are, are the, like guys. the the best competition. I think for him. this is it for Shelton. Gibson. Yeah, unless they really like him as a gunner, but I mean, I mean, if he, there are guys if that he can, if he can't beat out Mark and Michelle and DeAndre Tompkins, then he shouldn't be on this team anyway. Well, well and the thing is too is like. People talk about how great of a gunner he is. You know, there are wide receivers that come in week eight and just their, their roles a gunner. I mean, that's life in the NFL. You have special teams guys that come in and out. Like, it's you can't always be blessed with the situation that the um, the Patriots have, where they have a guy that they just a special they just pay to be a gunner, and he's incredible, and that's his job. You know, so yeah. Um, well, happens in the league, and the Eagles have a roster crunches here. Like their rosters, it's like a good problem to have, obviously. But the roster is so good that you like have to decide where to keep the extra man. And I don't know if there's like an obvious spot where like you do that if you're not sacrificing somewhere else. For sure. Yeah, especially because they have so many offensive linemen. Like how many of them are they going to keep? Blah blah. blah. All right, uh, so we can jump over to tight end. This is the best tight end group in the NFL. Like, not there, even there's, close. There's, I don't have a concern. We're, we're going to skip the concern part here. But the question I have is, what is a reasonable expectation for Dallas Goddard this year? So last year, his final stats were 33 catches, 44 targets, 334 yards, four touchdowns. My expectation is that those numbers go up. How much is it will be the question, because how much is there even available for him to get? But if they follow through and go 12 personnel more often, the touchdowns in particular is the number I'm looking at to rise. Maybe he won't get 100 yards per game, but if he can get six touchdowns, seven touchdowns, as a number two tight end, like I, I wrote, I've been doing a countdown of most important guys. I forget where he came in. It was in the teens, but I think by the end of the year, we're going to view him nationally. He's going to be viewed as one of the 10 best tight ends in the NFL. Yeah, huh. I think he has that kind of talent at least. Yeah. I mean, and maybe that's not a reasonable expectation. I don't know. No, I mean, I could see him going for like 45 catches for 500 yards and six touchdowns. I think that's, that's reasonable. That's a good year for your number two tight end. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know. It, Interestingly, Mike Groh called him a starter when he was talking about him earlier this offseason. Because he is. Yeah. I mean, like, that's really what he is. I mean, yeah. they, they, their base is probably going to be two tight ends, if I had to guess. I mean, he's a good blocker. He became a good block. He's a better blocker than Ertz. Like, yeah. You should have him on the field. Um. So, my question is, You're not to question me. <laughs> That's not how this game works. <laughs> so now that we've touched on running back, tight end, and um, wide receiver, what's what position do they keep the extra the guy for? Do they keep so, four so tight let's ends? Say, so like so the base number is they would have four running backs, five receivers, three tight ends, right? So right. Who would have? What position would have the extra? Yeah, who would have the five? Would it be the fifth running back, the sixth wide receiver, or the fourth tight I would, end? Hmm, that's a good question. To I, me, I don't think running back. I think it'll be receiver or tight end. So for me, I think it's Josh Perkins because you saw last year they could line him out at wide receiver. He's basically a receiver who's tight end's body. Yeah, He's the guy, to me, that I find intriguing, especially if you're going to run 12 personnel a lot. You can't just have three players um, <laughs> at tight end. Yeah, then you, you kind of need an extra backup if that's the dominant formation. Right, especially if you're going to go to 13 personnel at times because... Unless they view Arcega Whiteside as almost a hybrid type of guy, but... Hardcore mistake if that's the current their outlook, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, he's a guy that can be moved around, and I think he makes sense. I think he justifies you keeping more tight ends and move because he can play wide receiver in a pinch. Um, running back, I know you have a rotation, but chances are, if you're keeping four running backs, you're keeping a guy like Howard Clement and and uh, Smallwood. And, Clement, Smallwood, Sanders, and, yeah. and Sanders, and all three of those guys can do everything to some extent. Yeah. So I, I think you're fine. I mean, you can pick somebody up off the waiver wire in week four if you need to. But, um, yeah, I'm leaning towards t- uh, keeping a fourth tight end. All right. So offensive line. Um I guess how concerned this kind of ties into the concern and question, but I think it's the biggest preseason is how concerned are you about right guard as we enter training camp? Not really, because it seems like Brandon Brooks is starting to make some legitimate yeah. progress. He went and worked out with our buddy Duke Mediweather. Uh oh, was he at the Masterminds? Yeah, he was at the Masterminds. Um he's the guy that's been training very, very hard. He's one of those guys that's kind of come back full force. And I think, you know, you look at the progress that, like, somebody like Ronald Darby's made where he was already cutting. 
and and you know doing comebacks for for uh, interception drills and ball skill drills. I'm starting to feel good about Brendan Brooks. That said, Big V needs to show that what he can do in pads before we can be like, yeah, well, exactly. if Brooks can I'm miss just... two games, like, are we going to feel comfortable about this? Because I, I think, in theory, Vitae as a guard makes sense, but he's still Vitae, who right. looked really bad last year. Like, just because you move them to a different position doesn't make him better than he is. Right. So, I, you know, then you have a guy like Matt Pryor, who they seem to like, you have who else? You have Wisniewski, who I don't know it, if they like Matt Pryor. I mean, he I mean, we'll was find, really we'll find out, I guess. But. Yeah, I mean, he really hasn't done. It. I mean, yeah, no, to immediately right. go to Big I mean, he, he, he has he has a lot to prove. He's on the bubble, mm-hmm. um, but that's the point. So Wisniewski would be the vet, but I think they almost would prefer him just be the backup center, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Sam all is backup. So, like Brooks has been one of the most consistent offensive linemen in the NFL, and 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 the, another question would be if he comes back from that Achilles, the same player he was before, because that's a tough injury no matter mm-hmm. what position you are. Although Jason Peters came back from it when he was the same age, actually, mm-hmm. funnily enough, when he was thirty, and he tore it twice. Yeah, and he and he missed he missed the whole year because he did it like during the off season, I think, is when he suffered the injury, and then he came back and still made the All Pro team. Like three yeah, what happened seven. was he yeah. suffered it early, and then he retore it. Later in the offseason, yeah, okay. that was... That's tough. I mean, that dude's been... <laughs> I mean, okay, let's talk about Jason Peters. Okay. Because, I mean, we know, we know, Kelsey, we know we have what you have in uh, Lane Johnson. You even know what you have in Sangamalo to an extent. But Peters, you know, Jeff Stoutland, like, insisted when we talked to him that he, like, he's going to be better this year. He's more than a full year removed from his ACL injury. Last year, he suffered all, all these nicks and bruises and all the... I mean, maybe it was more serious than that. He technically played all 16 games, but he didn't finish like four of them. I believe he left the Saints playoff game early. Um, he even Jason Peters at not his best. He still was a league average left tackle. Like you can survive if he, you you kind of need him to be a little better than he was last year. But you can survive if he's only like he was last year because that's still better than Vitae at left tackle and probably better than Dillard as a rookie. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think they did the right thing. Bringing him back, you mean? Yeah, I, I, yeah. Bringing him back on that one-year deal—it's his swan song. You know, like he deserves to retire here on his own terms. On his own terms. I mean, he's really important in the locker room. Really important at teaching one-on-one, as we saw with Andre Dillard. And the biggest thing was they identified as heir apparent. So no matter what, finally, yeah. And I think they're doing the right thing by making Dillard just learn left tackle. Yeah, that's really smart. Uh, they cross-train everybody, but he's not right. Um, to me, the question isn't about Peters. It's similar to the Nate Sudfeld, Carson Wentz scenario. Are you comfortable with Andre Dillard if Jason Peters has to miss half saying? of week one? Which or, is, it's most I'd put money on the fact that Peters isn't going to finish every game. Right, but let's see in the first three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Here, here, are, you make, saying, are you are you confident in playing within the first three weeks if he yeah, has to? Like realistically, let's say. Uh, Brooks kind of pulls a uh, an Alshon Jeffrey where he can't play the first two games of the season. So you're lining up Big V at right guard. So it's not like you're going to move him over to play left tackle just in case. Yeah, so then you have to play Dillard at that You point. have to play Dillard Because you're not playing Mylotta. Right. Who's a, kind of in right tackle exclusively. Right. So. so again, do you feel comfortable? Because remember, he's let's say week one, he has to miss the whole fourth quarter because somebody steps on his foot. Do you feel comfortable there? Because that's the question that the Eagles and Jeff Stoutland and all those guys have to ask themselves. I think Andre Dillard's a really good prospect. I think he was a, a great pickup for them. I do think he can run block, but there's it's but not. Had, but he didn't run block. Well, I should say so. He like he's getting thrown into the fire. It's, it's yeah. all projection, right? Yeah. So you have to feel like you can project him to play week one. That's my biggest question on this entire offense. Do you feel like Andre Dillard, at, like, we're going to have to find out in training camp in the preseason? Jordan Melata, again, really interesting product, a prospect. Do you feel good if Lane Johnson goes down, like, right away? Especially because you're only training Dillard at left tackle. Well, that's a smart move. You also don't have a veteran tackle behind it. Like, you don't have veteran tackles behind either one of these guys. These former all pros, like that's concerning. You know what I mean? Like that's why I, I question whether Milada really has a strong shot of making this roster or even getting playing time because you're essentially in this spot where neither one of these guys 
have played an NFL game. I mean, a lot has never played a meaningful game, period. Do you a game in general? Yeah. Like you want to talk about drop offs between Carson Wentz and Nate Sudfeld, or drop offs between like Alshon Jeffrey and Charles Johnson? Good lord! Like Lane the, Johnson, to my the lie. best right tackle in football, and a future Hall of Famer for a first round pick who never ran, run had to do run and blocking, a, and a guy who never held a football until a year ago. <laughs> right, like that to me is extremely concerning. Um, but then again, they really don't have other left... Like, everybody keeps talking about how they have such a great situation at tackle. They have a great long-term outlook. Yeah. I don't think they have a very good, like, left tackle depth chart. Unless you... Unless Brandon Brooks is ready to go week one and you feel and you like... you put Vitae back on that. So right. Yeah. Because if here's what's, ha- what's going to happen. If, let's say, Lane Johnson goes down, right? You're going to move V to right tackle. Of course. Probably, yeah. And start with probably at right guard. So you've made yourself weaker at two spots, which they hate doing. Yeah, which they, which is what they hate doing. You're also creating an issue for Jason Kelsey. Wisniewski's played right guard maybe once. The Saints playoff yeah, game. He's always a left guard. Right, a left guard or a or center. center. Yeah. Um. Here's the thing too. Let's say you have multiple injuries. You have Kelsey go down and Peters. Yeah. And Peters. So what are you gonna like? What are you gonna do? Like, that's the problem. They don't have, like, a veteran guy. They've set themselves up good for the long term. And maybe that's, you know, again, being spoiled. But, dear Lord, the drop-off expectations. Uh, I mean, you just paid Carson once a lot of money, and he's coming off back-to-back season-ending injury. It, it is a very big concern to me. And I, I think it's – most teams don't have a great backup center, to be fair. Right, but, for sure. But, I mean, like, Jason Kelsey – is a warrior, obviously, and he'll play even if his arm's falling off or something. But, like, if Jason Kelsey goes down, I feel like they're in as much trouble as any player on the roster if they go down. Cause it, For sure. You don't want to move Sam Allo over there. And Wisniewski, he hasn't played center in a while. Also, yeah, I covered his last year as a center. and the reason, a while ago. And the reason why he was not re-signed is he had a lot of snapping issues. Yeah. So, so uh, I mean, it's not like you're going to play anything Fabiano there. Like, I don't know what. Yeah. Well, he might be the guy that the, the, he's he'll the. He'll be on the practice squad probably, yeah. He could be a dark horse. I yeah, mean, he's a dark horse roster guy, I think. Because they have another, what, Keegan Render is the uh, undrafted rookie's name. Yeah. He's not going to make the team, but yeah. Fabiano's been in the system. Um, yeah, and he's actually played some. He's played like nine or ten games in the league, so he. I mean, he knows what it's like. Then he went. Didn't he go to Ivy League school or something too? Yeah, he's like really smart. Yeah, he he, he went to Harvard. Um, <laughs> one of those Ivy yeah. League schools. <laughs> the, kind of the most famous one, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Oh my god, we're gonna get killed by like the Princeton people. All the here. Princeton people who listen to the No yeah. Huddle Show. <laughs> um, yeah. If you if you're from Princeton, you listen to the Huddle Show. Comment on it. Yeah. <laughs> Because I, I, I'd be blown away by that. So we're pretty smart. Like I get it. Yeah, we're dropping your education <laughs> level down. Um, but yeah, to me, the <laughs> the lack of experience behind arguably two of the best tackles of the last ten years is very concerning. Granted, you're not. You know, there's going to be spots where you just I mean, don't the, have. The, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. The reality is like. You're not going to have a great backup at every position. Like, no team has that. Mm-hmm. And that's, it seems like that's the expectation. Sometimes we kind of – we're all victims of this. We know we – or guilty of this. And say we – or we overanalyze a roster. And we're like, they don't, have, our job. they don't have a backup at this one position. Even though you look at the whole roster, they've, they're prepared almost everywhere if you think about it. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, the offensive line, especially because of the age of all those guys, I think most of them are going to be 30 after this year. And all but – Pretty much all of them have had injury issues. If you think about, it. maybe not saying Malu. He's I know right. even he did. He missed a bunch of games last year. Yeah, so, oh yeah, he had the pack. Yeah. So I mean, you, Lane Johnson was banged up for a good chunk of the year, and he played some of his worst football, which he would sit, probably admit. Jason Peters, we've talked about. Jason Kelsey, we've talked about. Brandon Brooks usually hasn't been injured actually, but he this, he has an Achilles. He's coming off yeah. of. So that health is probably the biggest concern on the offensive line over any position, really. Sure. I mean, well, maybe quarterback. Um, but yeah, sure. I, I agree with you. I, I think, I think, offensive line is something that's kind of gone under the radar because of the optimism of the future. But yeah, you know, they don't have a guy. I mean, they're really spreading themselves thin because Big V, for all of his faults, was a proven swing tackle, 
and they're moving him to right guard. So you're almost cutting off your nose to spite your face. Maybe sign Chance Warmack. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Hey, maybe maybe, there could be a chance. There's two open roster spots. Hey, that's a good transition. Yeah, (laughs) Jonathan Cooper got signed the other day. Oh my god, man! How how many teams can he be bad for until they stop signing? I don't know. He's one of those guys that oh, like we've talked about this in the past. Like the appeal for Chance Warmack is just that he has a bunch of starts on his resume. That doesn't mean they were good starts. He just has them. Hey, he's got a better career than Jonathan Cooper. So. to that point, is he one of the two they sign with these one of these two roster spots? <laughs> I, they have to sign a veteran lineman. Yeah, and yeah. I, was, I was thinking offensive lineman and uh, wide receiver. So which is pretty much what they but veteran guys though. I just don't know who you're signing a wide receiver like. That's... I'll, I'll look at who's available right now. Okay. I mean, it, it would be a guy like a Marcus Wheaton who there's a reason why nobody wanted him. What about Kamar Aiken? <laughs> um, Got him off the street, right? He didn't like when you said that. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. So, here, I'll give you, while he's looking that up, I'll give you a funny story. So, um, I was talking to Kamar Aiken. It was my first game covering the Eagles. I had just gotten, I, I, I covered. In Tampa, right? Yeah, it was in Tampa. In week two, I had covered the, the Jaguars game against the Giants in week one. But, um, so, I went up to him and I was like, hey, you know, you had a, you started this game like off the street and he's like i wasn't off the street i was on my couch took it literally yeah i was like yeah i know it's it's like a (laughs) it's an expression it's an expression buddy like like all right i got the list all right it was a very serious conversation i mean like pierre garçon michael crabtree (laughs) i don't think he would accept her as the fifth guy uh terrence williams seth roberts is interesting mike wallace uh Martavis Bryant suspended, I believe. Yes. Brandon LaFell, Andre Holmes, DeAnthony Thomas. You're not. You don't have a lot of speed there. <laughs> uh, Bruce Ellington, Josh Huff. Bruce Ellington, backup slot receiver. Josh Huff. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Bring him back. He's trying out for the XFL. Kelvin Benjamin. I can't. Man, what a what a way his career faded. Yeah. My God. There's not a lot of speed on this. Uh... Sammy Coates. Um, <laughs> Michael Camperano. <laughs> yeah, I like him. He's yeah, it's a pretty. Slot. It's a rough group. I mean. If Pierre Garçon just wanted to retire and get a ring or something, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he's dealt with some head yeah, issues. There's not even, like, Marcus Wheaton-type guys here. I guess Marcus Wheaton. He's yeah, Marcus Wheaton. That's disrespecting him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, like, the guy that I would, I mean, of that list that I would probably look at. Um, Seth Roberts? Yeah, Seth Roberts, yeah. probably. Yeah. I mean, he's fine. If you, Wait, didn't Seth Roberts? Are you looking at over the... I was looking at Spotrack. Did he sign somebody? Yeah, he plays for the Ravens. Oh, the Ravens. Okay, so he's not an option. <laughs> yeah, so they he had said Roberts would have They had that guy. idea, too. I mean, Terrence Williams, I guess, just take a Cowboys Oh, guy. man. They always, get, they always get a scrubby Cowboys guy at some point. Yeah, but know? you don't want another Miles Austin situation. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. There's always a Miles Austin in there somewhere. Or a Steve Smith. Every time they've done that, it's been like bad. Well, Steve they, Smith yeah, that's what the they need. They need a guy with the same name as a better receiver. That's what they need. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, uh yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of options. Maybe you make a deal with the Jets to trade for a bottom. I mean, of the they, they found DeAndre Carter this time last year, so maybe they found yeah. DeAndre Carter. I mean, they didn't mean for him to be as good as he was, probably because they yeah. cut him, and then he still with the Texans now. Actually, mm-hmm. got another contract. All right, we can end on that note. Um, we'll do a defensive one, if not later this week, then early next week, and then you know we'll be doing them throughout training camp. We'll begin back into routine of doing a one to two to three a week. Uh, there'll be plenty to talk about during training camp. Hope you guys follow us. Read all of our content at nj.com. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a comment. Write a review. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. Bye.